So we're in the sugya uh, of the takanot that Yeshua Benun made when he brought the people into Eretz Yisrael, and the Gemara listed ten or eleven takanot, and the Gemara started to ask what about this takana, what about that takana, and the Gemara came along and started making halukim that the uh, takanot of Yeshua that we know from himself, the takanot that was said in the name of the rabbis. So now the Gemara begins on the Amud Rishon Tebet Lehaki Ata Rabbi Abin Amar Rabbi Yochanan. אחד אילן הנוטה לתוך שדה חברו ואחד אילן הסמוך למצב מביא וקורא שעל מנת כן הנחל יהושע לישראל את הארץ אלא מנתנה עשרת תנאים שדה יהושע ובי יהושע בן לביהו Okay, so the Gemara says there was another uh, Takana that Yeshua Ben Nun made. If you have Ilan, privately owned Ilan, let's say, that the leaves are overhanging the Tuxa de Havero into his friend's uh, field. Or another case, you have Ilan, the tree is Samukle Metzad. And let's say the Metzad is the border. Let's say there's 16 uh, Amot within the border of his uh, friend's field. The law is that when it's within 16 Amot, the roots go into the other guy's field and they benefit from the other guy's field because the roots go underneath the ground. So the law says over here that the owner of the tree brings Bikurim, maybe, that means he brings Bikurim from the first roots over there, the Kore. Always there's two parts of the Mitzvah Bikurim, bringing the fruits and then making a Kiriyah, Arami Oved Avi, Bayerit Mitzlam, this is a Parashat Kitavo. So over here, you know, it's a strange case. The, field, the, the tree is in the guy's field, but it's overhanging somebody else's field. Or the tree is in the field and the roots are going into somebody else's field. Yeshua Benun made takana. The owner of the tree does everything. Mevi brings the Bikurim, Aris. Well, again, this is the Yohanan that's making this statement over here. Now, uh, this is another Tanai. We just said he only made the ten Tanaim over here. Yohanan cannot argue on the Brighta that said there was uh, ten Tanaim, and his quantity said be uh, eleven. <laughs> How can Yohanan argue on the Brighta that said there was ten? The Torah says, "Ela mantana asara tenaim shudar Yoshua, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi Hu." And Rabbi Yochanan argues on him, and he says that Yoshua really made eleven. So therefore, he can argue on Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. So therefore, to look how many takanot did Yeshua ben Levi make? Did he make ten takanot, or did he make eleven takanot? That's basically the uh, the result over here. So the Torah brings a proof to this of Gibiha. Min Bekatil, Matila Behedia. He learned in the Ferush, the beat and home where the Bryce, Ami Mishum Sakenehad, Umanu, Bio Shumanavi Asarat, and Ahim, and Nayo Shua. So therefore, that's what we learned the Gemara Babakamada Pealef was not a Brighter. Okay, so we have to correct that. It wasn't a Brighter. All this time we thought it was a Brighter, it wasn't, it was a Tamura. Who's the Amora? Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. So once it's an Amora, we're not bothered if, uh, you know, Rabbi Yohanan is going to argue. Rabbi Yohanan is also an Amora. So therefore he's able to, uh, able to argue. So that's the Sugya. 10 or 11 Takanot. Now we get to the new Sugya. Asara Takanot Tikin Ezra. Ezra Sofer. 
And the lady should get up early in the morning and bake bread. And the lady should wear a belt around her waist. The lady should comb her hair and then go to the mikveh in order to purify herself from Tumat that the uh, peddlers that sell the samim and all sorts of uh, jewelry for the ladies that they should go around the city uh, and uh, they should peddle their wares and uh, you can't stop them you can't stop them why? because we want perfume and jewelry available for the Klai Israel and you can't stop them which means they can't come along and say hey you're coming from a different city you know, go, out of here, go to your town and sell well, we want a lot of merchants selling their stuff at least when it comes to this type of stuff so the ladies can have uh, you know a variety somebody's balkeri he has an emission seminal emission that he must go to the mikveh okay now we start one at a time What's the initial takana? Why we read Sefer Torah on Mincha of Shabbat? Mishum Because you have all the people over here that, let's say, go to work during the week and they couldn't hear the Sefer Torah, or can't hear the Sefer on Monday and Thursday because they're, you know, uh, busy. So he made a takana, then go hear it on Shabbat, so the upcoming Penashah. At least that's one, uh, that's one interpretation. Rashi, Mishvun Yosmeh Keranot, Yosmeh Haniyot, merchants in the stores. Kol Yemot Hachol, Oskim Bishora, their business. The end, Korin Bishri Bahamishi. He can begin now, so it's really for the uh, for the businessman that might not be able to hear Sefer Torah Monday and Thursday. So let's look at the preview of the upcoming parasha on Mincha Erev Shabbat. Mishiu Korim Mishniu Bahamishi. They should read the Sefer Torah also Mondays and Thursdays. So Gemara comes along and says, Asati Ken Vameikara Ave Mitzakena. This Tekena already was uh, much earlier. The Tanya. Those that are the Pesukim said Amru and Maim El Torah, Shneemat, Hoy Kotzameh, the Kulamayim. They became spiritually weakened. They should read Sefer Torah on Shabbat. 
Sunday now, the Kurin Bashini, then we done Monday, Umafsikin Shinishibir Bai, the Kurin Bahamishin, we done Thursday. Umafsikin Bahir of Shabbat, no Sefer on Friday, Kedishlo Yalinu, Shelochayamin, Belotola. Now you see why that Takana was in the times of the Midbar. It seems Moshe Rabbeinu made this Takana. So what are you subscribing this Takana to Azza Sofer? But the Takana already was from the times of the Midbar. So the Gemara says, Meikara Tekinu Had Gabra. Initially the Takana was One guy goes up to the Sefer On either Shabbat or Mondays and Thursdays One guy, one Ole Three Pesukim Or three guys will go up to the Torah And each one will read one Pasuk Pasuk, Pasuk, Pasuk It's all together Three Pesukim Keneged Kohanim Levi'im Yisraelim Atahu came as a sofer, vetiket, telatagabre, pasara pesuke. He was the one that made the taken, not of the reading of the Sefer Torah, of the amount of pesukim that is going to be read by the three olim. Uh, I guess two of them read three pesukim and one reads four, like Gibran Begilah explains. Keneged, asara batlanim. Where do you get this number of uh, ten? Ten is a significant number because the custom in the olden days was you used to have ten batlanim, ten idlers. They were idle from work and they would sit in the uh, synagogue all day long and they would learn Torah and they would be available, you know, to make a minyan for the people and so on. So therefore, ten pesukim, which is ten pesukim of Torah, is corresponds to ten batlanim that study Torah all day long in the Beit Knesset. So that's why we picked that number to give them a uh, to give them a kavod. Ashi asara batlanim bnei adam kesherim. Betelim melachtam la asot besurche sibur. So they also involved in public uh, public services. But, uh, what is that bet over there? Bet vekodmim lavo lebet keneset. They come early to the bet keneset. They show mitzvin asral eden tefila. So they can be there for the minyanim. They made sure that the minyan was always there. Always ten guys in the bet keneset. And they got paid from the Sibur. Okay, almost like a kolel, almost. Yeah, it seems they did more than that. They did Surche Sibur, they had to be in the Bet Knesset to make Minyanim. But bottom line, there was a concept of Asarabatlanim in every city. And uh, to remind you of that, every uh, Monday and Thursday and Shabbat, we read 10 Tempest of Kim, Kenegdam. Use the terminology of batlanim. Yeah. People learn from there. It sounds like the batlanim from uh, means the batlan from work, the idling from work. A guy that's unemployed is called the batlan. They're not being batlan from from life. They're being batlanim from. Uh, that's why that she says kesherim. She says they're kosher people. They're not some lazy aslanim. The the bitul is not coming out of laziness or you know they're looking for a free ride, but letting kesherim kosher guys that are capable, but they decide to give their service to. Okay, now, why, why would they compare the Torah to water? That's a question. Gemara says en ma'im en a Torah. How did you learn that? Oh, so Halfon learns it because uh, water has an ability to bore through even the hardest of substances, like a rock. 
and therefore, you know, the Torah that when a person learns it, even if his as hard as as uh, you know solid as a rock, which he's stubborn guy, and he's, he say you can't change this guy. Just put Torah on him. Well, that's what Mark was saying as well. So we have a we have a uh, an agreement. Second emotion, no problem. The, the, okay, I didn't say it. The Gemara says that the Torah uh, only rests in a person that's humble. It's not like another subject. You know, other subjects, midot are not a prerequisite to the understanding of the subject. You can be a great mathematician, and you can be very arrogant at the same time, and it's not a contradiction. It's a umrah that's not necessary. The hayyub of Sibbat Torah is not on the individual. It's on the Sibur. It's on the Sibur. So this Sibur is Patur. The Sibur is Patur. It's Patur. It's not an obligation to go out of your way. You want to talk about me, you want to go out of your way, but there's no manda- not mandated to go out of your way. The person paying the bit of it. Uh, you want to be Mahmir, the guy can go to a bit of a go to one on a Tuesday instead of a Monday. So you won't miss the Sibbath. I have no problem. I'm not, I'm, if, you want, if, if the person's looking, looking for extra stuff to do, so you can do that. But uh, well, we don't read the Sibbath of the Bet Avil. We don't change the custom. We don't change the Ashkenazim reading the Bet Avil, Sephardim do not. In any event, uh, so anyway, we said that the Sibbath Torah rests in a person that's uh, humble. So therefore, the Torah tells us that uh, water, as well as other liquids, but we'll see why water they chose, water always will go to the lowest level. And if there's a leak in the attic, it'll make its way to the basement. Because water always finds the lowest, the lowest place. And uh, that's coming to teach you that Torah will always find the lowest person, and that's where the water rests. That's where the water is going to, to land. Uh, and water is the cheapest of all the. I suppose why didn't it say you know uh, you know uh, scotch, you know ada? It costs money. No, the water is uh, available. It's uh, and uh, also uh, there's other explanations why the Torah is compared to water because while a person can go without uh, food for a certain amount of time. But he cannot go without water even for a shorter period of time. I mean, most people die of dehydration. It's not the uh, the malnutrition which comes, you know, after that. So therefore, they're talking about how vital water is. Just like the Torah itself, the neshama, you know, becomes dehydrated when a person doesn't study uh, Torah. When a person doesn't feel right, no one doesn't feel right. And you know, but there's no medic- nothing medically wrong with it. So there's a deficiency somewhere, but the doctors cannot. Vitamin C has, iron he has, uh, you know, all the vitamins, uh, calcium he has. So the doctors say, well, we don't know why you have this deficiency. We don't know where it is. But I feel I'm missing something. That means the neshama is, uh, that's the scurvy of the soul. The soul is anemic. Feels like it's missing something. It's Torah. We study Torah. The soul gets rejuvenated. The reality is, soul is a part of the body just as much as the goof is part of the body the goof is the apparent part that you see, the neshama you don't see but if you don't feed your soul so you're going to feel it 
and the, the doctor cannot pick that up on a CAT scan or on a radar. Something that has to be, uh, you know, diagnosed by a Tamil Hakam. So therefore, water is a, a vital element for the body. Body cannot go without water. Every cell needs to have water. So therefore, just like the cell has to have water to function properly, so to, uh, so there's many uh, analogies. We can go without orange juice for a hundred years, but you can't go without water. So even though orange juice finds its lowest level also, I'm sure if you drop it in the attic, it's going to land to the basement, but it doesn't have the other hedushim of, uh, like, like we said, uh, like we said. Okay, so anyway, that's why we say it's considered uh, mine. Continue the bota. Yes, sir. The Navi, the Navi, yeah, the Navi was going to tell them uh, in a Musar way, all those that are thirsty, you meant spiritually thirsty, the Chulamayim, Mayim of course was referring, but that was the way he was uh, extorting them to go learn Torah. Yeah, they felt deprived of something. So the Navi was telling them, if you're deprived of something, uh, go, 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 go to the water. And Mayim of the Torah, that was his, uh, that was his Musar. Okay, so that's uh, that's that's so you can't go three days without at least hearing Torah. Vidanin Beshiniu Bahamishi and the uh, judges would sit on Mondays and Thursdays, the Shihi, the Atu Limikra Bisifra. One takana complemented the other takana. Since everybody would come in to the big city, say the Sefer Torah Monday and Thursday, so that was a good opportunity to set up the Bet Tedinim, you know, to let the courts open up on Mondays and Thursdays as well. Now again, because they're there already, what, you know, if you're going to make the courts make open up on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, so you make it to harm the people. They have to come in on Mondays to say for Torah, and they got to come in on Tuesdays to litigate. So this is, you know what, you're, you're in town anyway. Make uh, kill two birds with one stone. Now you have to know. That the reasons of the Gemara over here are alpi apshat peshutam shedevarim, but of course, you know these are tekanot of Ezra sofed. So the tekanot of Ezra sofed are not just you know practical uh, ideas. Okay, we'll do sefer on Mondays and Thursdays. We'll do batei dinim on Mondays and Thursdays. According to the Sod, there's clear reasons why he picked this. And uh, Rabbi Ari explains it. Rabbi Ari explains that all the Kiddushah of the weekdays emanates from Shabbat. Shabbat is the Mekor of all the Berachot. And the more a person you know, holds on to Shabbat, the more he's able to drag the Kiddushah of the Shabbat into the upcoming weekdays. The way it works is, that's a novel thing you say. So he says that the Shabbat, let's say, is made up of three parts. Over the Shabbat, we receive Tosef, Tosefet Nefesh, a Tosefet Ruach, and a Tosefet Neshama. The three different parts of the Neshama that we get upgraded on the Shabbat. Once the Shabbat ends, so there's an ability to connect to these three halakim on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday of the upcoming week. For example, on Sunday, which is today, Darizal said, we accept upon ourselves to be Moshech from the previous Shabbat, the Tosefet Neshama. And on Sundays, we're benefiting from Tosefet Neshama of the previous Shabbat. 
and therefore that is says there's certain behavior patterns that you have to do on Sunday in order to benefit from this tosif and the shema that only comes on Sunday. What are those things? Right, you gotta go to the beach and uh, I guess make a barbecue and whatever he says over there. It's, it's, it's clearly written over there. Most of the people are doing it. Right? And then uh, and then he says on Monday you have to sefet ruah. And then on Tuesday you have to sefet nefesh. For example, nefesh is more the lowest one and that's more of the closest to the body. Nefesh is the you know, nefesh hayah, that's what gives the person movement. So for example on Tuesdays, that's the day to do chesed with your body. You know, if you have a day of the week that you do chesed, Tuesdays is the day, that's the tikkun of the nefesh. Actually, Wednesday also would be a chesed day because Wednesday is the nefesh for the Shabbat that's coming. We accepted nefesh. So we have back to back nefesh. Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday is nefesh for the Shabbat, Shabra. And Wednesday is to serve the nefesh for the Shabbat that's coming. So those are your chesed days, he says. Do chesed the whole day on Tuesday and Wednesday in order to metaken the nefesh. So, so yeah, that's the day. So Tuesday, Tuesday. That doesn't mean if somebody asks you for chesed on Monday, they come back tomorrow <laughs> means well, that's, that's the day you commit yourself to Hasadim uh, I can tell the guy I only do Hasadim that's, that's a Shadok I only do Hasadim on Tuesdays there's no time for it every, every time is for God the, but those days specifically the Zanyana do Hasadim on uh, Sundays the Shema that's the holiest thing that's Kavanot Learn Kabbalah, study Kabbalah, Mechaven the Shem Sag all day long. You know, in your head, think of the Shem of the Sabbath Nima. Different things you do on Sunday. However, on Monday, it's Tosef Ruach. Now, what's Ruach? Ruach is the, the air. Ruach. What comes from Ruach? Ruach Memalela. Ruach Memalela represents speech, which is Torah. So therefore, on Mondays and Thursdays, Rabbi Ruari writes, that's the day you should commit yourself to the study of Torah, more than any other day, because that's So when you have Ezzah uh, Sofer uh, come along and metaken same Torah on Mondays and Thursdays, and then, oh, he did it because, uh, no, you don't go three days without, uh, but why do you pick Mondays and Thursdays? You probably could have configured out that to go three days and make it on a Tuesday and a Friday. Why, why do you pick it this way over here? He picked it because he knew that Mondays and Thursdays are Tosef and Ruach. And therefore, that's the day you want to have. And that's what Rabbi Ruari writes. That's, he says, and that's why we read Sefer Torah Mondays and Thursdays. Because there's Tosef and Ruach, and that's the day of Torah. Furthermore, what was Beddin? Beddin basically was a yeshiva. When you went to the Beddin in the old days, it wasn't you know, a secular court. Uh, that you, you have secular law, the Hanim had books. Look in front of them. That all the law was being nifsak from the uh, Torah. So there was a deal back and forth. What does the Torah say? What does the Netan say? What is Rayot? What is proof? It was Elohim Nisabatatel. God was in the court. So therefore, that's the Sefer Teruah. There was an extra diunim in Torah on that day. So, although it, although the Gemara comes along and makes it like, ah, the people were there anyway. So, but if you learn the Gemara in depth, you see clearly that there was a connection between the Din and the Sefer Torah. That's what you learn from this Gemara. That since the people were there already for Sefer Torah, so we say, okay, let them do diun. 
That means there's a kesher between the two. And according to the Ari, we understand the kesher. Because this is Ruah and this is Ruah. So therefore, the, 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 the Gemara, in, in, in a subtle way, is making the kesher. You just have to find that link with the kesher between the two is, and this is Torah, and that's Torah. And that's why uh, the Halakha would say, on uh, you, you, you've seen uh, you know Hakam of right that uh, you know if you can't go to city hot every day of the week because it's too much try to go Mondays and Thursdays because that's the ruah you want to pray ruah and that's what you'll see in the tefillot Mondays and Thursdays we have more tahanunim than any other day because that's to separate ruah because we you know we're giving more words more more tefillah you know, so Monday and Thursdays are that could, and that's all coming from the previous Shabbat that comes, and Thursday will come from the from the coming show. So Mondays and Thursdays are Tosefet Ruach. Uh, okay, so that's a little bit on a little deeper, uh, deeper level. Shu Ochlim. Now, this, this the, ne- the next piece over here, uh, you know, you have to, uh, it, might, it might affect the Shalom Bayit. So you have to get, uh, you got to get permission from your wife for this one. Vishu Ochlim, Shum Be'erim Shabbat. That the men would eat garlic. Right. Oh, I skipped it. Mahidah. Oh, this one you don't have to have Shalom Bayit. This is important. Shu Be'kam Be'asim Ba'amishim Shabbat. You have to launder your clothes on Thursday. Mishum kevod Shabbat. For the kavod of Shabbat. Uh, the question is, is it Dabka Thursday? You know, uh, could it be also on Friday? Uh, in those days, they didn't want you to wait till Friday because laundering was a whole day's service. They didn't have a washing machine, they didn't have a one hour modernizing uh, cleaner. Yeah, you had to do everything by hand. Uh, today, that we have, uh, you know, machines and stuff like that. The point was of this takanad, you should have clean clothes like about Shabbat. If you want to do it on Thursday, but if he doesn't have Friday in a washing machine or in a dry cleaners, then also fulfill this uh, also fulfill this takanad. Come to Gemara goes back now. Mishu Ochlim Shum Be'ereb Shabbat. Mishum Ona. Okay. Gemara understood that garlic is Marbe de Zera. Promotes the semen in a man and eat garlic. And uh, on Shabbat, is mitzvah to be with his wife and uh, that she should have uh, get pregnant. So, therefore, you want to prepare for that mitzvah. That he gives his seed or his fruit in the right time. Well, what's the right time? Which is the time of Onaf at Tamidah Hamim. Lel Shabbat, Tanel Shabbat. So therefore, the preparation for the Onaf was by eating the uh, garlic. Uh, now, the. I should put it in There's a limit that the Tabidah Khamim would have the Onah on Shabbat. But the Pasuk says, Veshamnu Bene Israel et a Shabbat. Yeah, exactly. Bene Israel et a Shabbat, a Shetavod Biyah. So therefore, there's a limit that there's a uh, Onah the Shabbat. Now, the Bene Israel says a big secret. And he said that Bene Olam is always dispatching the Shamot down to this world. You know, when a person is with his wife, whether she gets pregnant or not, there's still the Shemot that are being dispatched. So some of them have bodies, and some of them don't. But in every Bi'ad, there's always something that's taking place. 
because otherwise the person can ask a question. Uh, listen, if the lady's pregnant already, so therefore, why should he be allowed to be out with his wife? Because Zera is Labatala. Zera cannot create anything over there. That's wasting his Zera. You know she's not going to get pregnant on a pregnancy. Or let's say that uh, she's not able to get uh, pregnant. She's a zikena, or she uh, she has uh, some type of uh, blockage, whatever it may be. So we say, why cannot be out? Of course not. Then Ishai says, because every time there's a bia, something is taking place, even if she cannot become uh, pregnant. The uh, except the first night. The first night is a different mahalach to Ben Ishai. But uh, the Arizal says that Al-Kadosh Baruch Hu sends down the Shemot, but special the Shemot are sent down Lel Shabbat Ahari Hatsot. Friday night after Hatsot, that's when the real nuclear Shemot are dispatched into to the world. That's when the Tamid Achamim, they have the Bi'ah on Lel Shabbat Ahari Hatsot. Because they know that uh, if she gets pregnant at that point, odds are you're going to get a, uh, you know, uh, a big soul. Okay, she said, why did they tell us that when we were 21? When we were okay, and you learned it now, okay? So you tell it to your kids. Tell it to your grandchildren. Okay, but that's the, uh, that, that's the Shabbat. So again, yeah, read it. No, unbelievable. <laughs> These great rabbis, they understood it right. You know, the guy, the Gemara says, and we'll see it until later on, that I don't want you to be like a chicken that you always uh, matsui you with your wife. So the rabbis came along and said, during the week, don't, don't think about anything else. Be in the bed and last every single night. And then Shabbat, they would come home. Some of the rabbis would actually be out of their home during the week. They would be in the yeshiva. And then Friday, they would show up. Sadiq Balayir. And then they would have, uh, they would have onam. So again, the, the premise is that you're learning the rest of the nights of the week. It's not uh, that, you know, oh, beyond Friday night because you have, uh, you know, gin rummy on Wednesday night, bowling league on Tuesday nights, and you have, uh, yeah. uh, you know, basketball on other nights. So you're busy during the week over there. Then they're ready, better stay home with your wife and be every night. I'm going to do all the things over there. This is so much because you're learning Torah. Harabanan, Hamisha de Marim Neemru Beshum. Okay, five things were said regarding garlic. Masbiya, that satiates. Umashin. It uh, warms the body, so it's a good winter food. Umatsil panin makes a person happy. Umar it promotes the zera. it kills the pinworms or the parasites that are in the uh, intestines. Yeshomrim machnis ahava. Wow, puts the person uh, in a good mood. He gets rid of uh, gets rid of jealousy. Uh, I don't know how it does that. I guess uh, sometimes sigula and garlic is a sigula against uh, jealousy. It makes him happy. Okay, so therefore he's not going to be jealous. Huh? Correct. I just don't know how garlic does that. I figured that part out of it. The garlic does it, but okay. Okay, this is talking about every morning that a lady should, uh, you know, wake up like our ladies do. First thing in the morning, what do they do? They bake, they bake bread. Why? 
In the olden days, especially, the Anim used to come around and collect. So what are they collecting? They're collecting food. So uh, the lady has to have uh, stuff ready. She has her uh, hand right away stretched out to the Ani because she made bread in the morning. Uh, now, the question then is always, and we said this uh, interesting, we mentioned in the issue yesterday. During the week, we called the bread uh, pat. Whereas on Shabbat, we called the bread halal. Now, halal is a strange word because intrinsically, halal does not mean a loaf of bread. Halal is like we talked this morning in the daily halakha. Halal is actually the piece that you separate from the bread and give to the Kohen. That's called halal. So then why would we call the bread itself halal? It's not the bread, it's the, it's the part that you don't see. It's, that's the halal, not the part that's in front of you. So we explained it that uh, traditionally the ladies would bake bread bishi'ur halal on Erev Shabbat. The Gemara says why? Because the first one to bake halal or make halal was God. When he created Adam Rishon, he took the flour, but the flour was in the form of earth. And God took this earth, which is the flour, and he added water to it and made a dough. And that dough he fashioned into a, a human being, not a gingerbread, a human being, which is Adam. And then he blew in uh, a soul into Adam Rishon, and all of a sudden he had a, you know, a human being. And uh, Adam Rishon, according to the Gemaran Shabbat, is called Halatoshin Olam. He's the Hala of the world. Assume the world is one big, uh, you know, flower, and God took a little piece of it, piece of the earth, the glob of the earth, which is the Hala of the Olam, and he added water, and he made a, you know, a human being. Adam Rishon is called Halatoshin Olam. So the Gemara says that Chaba was mekalkel halatoshin olam. Chaba caused Adam Rishon to eat from the tree. So we had free will, but she enticed him. So therefore the Gemara says that there's a decree for a lady that she specifically should take halal. That when she takes halal from the from the dough, so it's kabbalah to mitakel the fact that she was mekalkel halatoshin olam, which is Adam Rishon. Now what day of the week did that happen? It happened on Friday. So that's what specifically the custom was that ladies would bake uh, halal on Friday. Because when you make the shuvah, you go back to the, the same zmah, the same head, and all that to make the sikun. So therefore, they would call the bread of Shabbat halal. Because they wanted to call it after the tikkun that's being made over here. This is bread, it's not only a bread. During the week, not necessarily they have to bake enough shi'ud for shi'ud halal. So it was called pat. But on Friday, because they had to make a shi'ud of halal, you know, not every day a lady had to make three and a half pounds of uh, bread, that's a lot. They make, you know, five, six pito, give two tra'anim, give one, one to the kids for breakfast, and uh, call it a day. But on Friday, they would make shi'ud halal. So they, they call it after, uh, they call it uh, halal. Explained it uh, 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 a little deeper that we call the all our physical uh, items. We always look at it in the eyes of the mitzvah shibur, not the physical shibur. So when we see a loaf of bread, we see the mitzvah halat shibur. 
So therefore, we 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 we, we refer to it as halal. Any, anything that the halachic Jew looks at, his eyes are always look at it in the spiritual sense. So when a guy comes along, you see a loaf of bread on the table. Amar says, "Oh, bread." He said, "Oh, this is uh, halal." Look what we were able to do with this. How we able to serve God with this? So we're able to. Uh, I once said from Rakham Yaakov Ades once that Achamim always saw things in the light of Alakha. If you remember that story in the Gemara, that's also Shabbat, that uh, when Hillel was you know, on the roof in the cold months uh, of the snowy day of Tibet, and uh, you know, all of a sudden uh, they realized he was on the roof. So uh, they came, he came, they brought him down, and they got a question. They wanted a hinam of water or on Shabbat already. So the rabbi said, Kedayu Hillel Lehalel Alabita Shabbat. Kedayu Alabita Shabbat. So what, what, what's that language over there? Kedayu Hillel Lehalel Alabita Shabbat. Now, assuming that it was on Shabbat, that story over there. So he says, that was the way the rabbis used to say that he's critically ill. Critically ill is not a halakhic term. The, the, the term, when they would go to a hospital on a Tuesday, for example, and they would see a, a patient that was very ill, they would say, Shabbat. That was their way of saying he's critically ill. Critically, I don't look at They always looked at it like a bear. Oh, a guy like this can be Mahadev Shabbat. They didn't say, I pick you on fish. They said, Oh, Kedayu, the Halal Shabbat. A guy like this can be Mahadev Shabbat. I mean, what's the shape? Oh, he's right, even if it wasn't Shabbat. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's not even on Shabbat. The, the point is, huh? Why, you can't, you can't sit on the roof on Shabbat? You can sit on Shabbat. Friday. Friday they charged. They had a Shabbat they charged. They found them on Shabbat. They would have started before Shabbat. Or if you don't say it was Shabbat, of course it is. But the point is... I answered the rabbi that he gives you a bit of Shabbat. We're not busy. Yeah, well, that's what we do. But we should charge the people. They used to charge them also. I didn't get that. They paid for the Shabbat. Everything's free. Not like the Shulavit. People come and they eat for free and then they go home. Anyway, Rabotai. Rabotai. So that's that's already you see the Inyan of the Halam. Now there's a famous Hadush that we've said in the Gemara. The Gemara says that. You have to have uh, every morning, the Yamara says, Pachari. Uh, Pachari, you have to have uh, the, bread, the bread in the morning. And uh, the, question, uh, the question is, what is, this, what is the secret of the, uh, of the Pachari, the bread that you have in the, uh, in the morning? Well, the Yamara says, if you have Pachari, you can save the person from 83 diseases. The Gemara says, you eat your bread in the morning, so we take that Gemara literally. There is a value to have a, a piece of bread every single morning in Shahid. You know, uh, and uh, 
the dietitians will go back and forth with this for a thousand years. It's good to have bread, it's not good to have bread, shouldn't have bread, bad to have bread, bread free diet, no bread to have bread. So let them spin in the Ferris wheel of uh, confusion for thousands of years. And eventually they usually come back to the Yamaraz conclusions at the end. Oh, uh, and we found it in the Talmud. Uh, so, so, so then what do they say? So we were right. <laughs> so we were right. The Father tells us we were right. The Talmud said it to 15,000 years before they were born. But that's a simple interpretation of the Nyan of Fat uh, Shahri. But there's a there's a deeper interpretation there's a deeper interpretation Nachamim uh, come along and say that every morning a person uh, he should study Gemara especially before the Tefillah Nachamim say that the study of the Gemara is a good prerequisite before the Tefillah they learn it from a pasuk that Shinoam Mena said. Masir ozno meshemoa Torah gam tefilato to'eva If a person removes his ear from learning Torah his prayer will also be an abomination. So you see over here this direct connection learning and praying. And the Zohar Kedush says it's a great preparation for tefilah to learn something. Why? The Maraz says that there's four angels that are in charge of bringing the Tefillah up to Kadosh Baruch Hu. And they are called the Malach Gabriel. Gabriel, which is the angel of fire. Gabriel is on the. Gabriel. Huh? That's it. Gabriel is on the. Gabriel is the Malach of fire. He's on the left side. And then you have the Malach of Michael. Mimineno Michael. He's on the right side. And then you have the Fa'il. And then you have, on top it says another angel called Uriel. And it says those are the four angels of the Merkabah. And they're in charge of bringing the Tefillot up to Kadosh Baruch Hu. So he said, the Zohar writes, that's the Shetevot Gemara. Gemara is the Shetevot Gabriel, Michael, Rephael, Uriel. That these four Malachim are hinted in the word Gemara. But it's even more than that. Because the study of Torah Shabbat Peh makes Mitukadim. It sweetens uh, the judgments tremendously. I sweet the judgments. The Torah comes along and says, for example, Arba'im Yakinni. Torah says, Malkut is how many? Forty. The Gemara comes along and says, Thirty-nine. You see, the Torah Shabbat Peh makes Mitukadim. Raz, strong at the Gemara, minimizes it. It's not. Uh, it's not that. The Torah comes along and says, Mekatsotat Kapa. And the Gemara comes along and says, Mamon. That doesn't mean Katsutat Kappa. It means Mamon. Uh, the Torah says, Lo yavo, Amoni Bekal Hashem. Amoni Velo Amoniya. The Gemara always is sweetening the strictness of the Torah. So when you study Gemara, it's a tremendous Mitukadim. Uh, where do you see this Mitukadim? Uh, Gabriel usually is on the left side because that's Midatadim now if you look at the word Gemara where is Gabriel? he's on the right 
that the Hidush of learning Gemara, you even to take the Midatadim on the left side, the first letter of Gemara is Gimah. You're able to put him all the way to the right. Mikhail doesn't change from his position, he's always on the right. The Hidush is that you're able to take the Midatadim and Mimateke uh, uh, to bring it to, to the right side. So, anyway, that's uh, the power of uh, learning. Now, the, the, uh, the Holy Book say that uh, the Satan, which we call obviously the Samechmim, uh, as you know, uh, he has a wife. And they say the wife is even uh, you know, more uh, you know, troublesome than the Samechmim himself. Uh, worse, exactly. And they say that her name is Lamed Yud, Lamed Yud. And uh, with a tap at the end of it. You look at the Sidur in the Berachab Lamedim and the Mashinim, you see there's a remez to that Shem over there. And uh, they say that uh, when a person studies Torah Shabbat Peh, so he has an ability to, to break that Kawah uh, of, you know, this, uh, this power. Uh, so they say that Shalom Amirah said, in the Go eat my uh, my bread. Go eat my bread. What should have had a bakery? What was he talking about? So the Gemara compares the study of Torah to to bread, bread which is a, a staple food. But specifically, it's referring to the study of Gemara. That's why it calls it lechem. Why? Because lechem, the root word of it is. Lohem, Lohem is a warrior. Simple reason is because when a person goes to make bread, he goes to war every day. Going to work is going to war. You're fighting with banks, you're fighting with suppliers, you're fighting with customers, you're fighting with chargebacks. Fight. So therefore the root word of Lehem is Milchama. Because it's a, it's a fight every single day to make a, uh, a buck. But the depth is that the real Lehem is Milchamtash al Torah. That's the real lechem. You ever come into a bet midrash on a, on a good day? You think that you enter the war zone. Everybody's yelling at each other, and everybody's fighting with each other, and everybody's screaming at each other, and everybody's pointing. And I was in a shiur once that I witnessed of Rav Shach Alav Shalom in Panovich. He was giving a shiur Khalali, He was ninety years old at least, and there's hundred you know lions in front of him. I didn't understand the Yiddish, but I understood what my eyes saw. And he must have said a big Hindush. Three minutes in, three minutes in already, you know, he said, and there was a roar, a thunder in the, and everybody was tumulting, and Ramshad was begging on the Shemda to try to get, you know, silent, and they, they were going at him. How could you say that? I know what that is. 90-year-old general pushing back, pushing back, pushing. This is the war. He, what's going on? he wants to go to college. In a college, the, the guy stands there, the professor. He talks to nobody. He don't need to nobody. There's a bunch of empty seats over there. Each guy signs in. His friend signs in. For there, they sit there. They talk 100 miles an hour. He doesn't care if the guy understood and understood it. There's no nothing. And that's it. And he goes home. He gets his paycheck. Here, there's interaction. They're fighting with each other. So therefore, so my mother says, ah, go, go fight my, uh, when you learn to have to be, uh, 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 you know, uh, in such a way. However, so therefore, that's the, 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 path, because path is 480. 480 is also the gematria of Lambidyut, Lambidyut, and path. Also 480, which means 
this uh, Torah that you study, Pachahari, that's the part of the, of the Torah that you study in Shahari before, before you pray Shahari, that's the part that we're talking about. And that's able to neutralize Lamidjud, Lamidjud. That's why we give the same, the same you know, Gematria uh, to it over there. And uh, that's the Inyan of uh, studying Torah in a way of. Uh, so that was So the Pachahari was really the study of. Of Torah, of course, the physical interpretation, but also a spiritual interpretation. And we've said other dirashot on this uh, part as well. Remember the other dirashot we said the name. So the Kadosh says that if you take the word Talmud, Talmud is also Gematria 408. Taf number is 430. Men is 40. That's 470. And then Bab Dawud is 10. So therefore. Talmud, that's considered the Pachari. The Pachari, based on what we said earlier, yes. Why are people naming their children this name? What are they naming? That's the name. You see the one? What a tap? Yeah, no, 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 no. So it's not the same name. Oh, so it's not the same name. It's not the same name. Alright, thank you. You're welcome. Well, how come they, don't, they named the kids same also? It's a big man. That's a problem, though. No, it is a problem. Uh, okay, I don't know if it's a problem. I mean, just a sound. I mean, I have a problem. I'm writing a ketubah. I don't write the name. If a guy's name is Sam in a ketubah, I write Samich Aleph name. Because I don't want to put the Samich name on Sam, Sam. Aleph doesn't hurt. Aleph doesn't hurt. Shemar is great. That's Shemar. Shemar Shemar. I'm talking about the Samich name. The Samich name, that's what we call taxes, mass. It's a Samich name. And who, who collects the taxes? Uncle Sam. So it's the Samich name. It's a mass, Sam. It's the same. Uh, nobody likes him. Okay, that's just the name. So. Okay, no way, I can't. Pay your taxes. Okay, come together. Okay, no The digression is over. So anyway, a lady gets up early in the morning and she bakes bread in order that the bread will be mitsuyah la'aniyim like the Gemara Tanit says the reason why a lady's prayers are answered quicker than a man's prayer is because when she gives charity she gives the hana'a immediate because the ani can take the bread right away and put it in his mouth when a man gives charity he gives money he has to go buy the food so therefore God answers based on how quick you give the hana'ah to somebody else so therefore the ladies tefillah always answer faster because she's mekarev the hana'ah on a quicker level to the ani anyway I'll get it that uh, the ladies used to wear a certain type of uh, belt around their waist mishum sini'uta Okay, for uh, for modest, as she said, the traheg min avera. That was a modest type of uh, dress. You stay isha or fefet. Yes, sir. Ah, so that first we'll keep the uh, garment uh, covered over there. Okay, there's a rabbi now sending out the emails every day, trying to prove that uh, siniut is a. Uh, you know, uh, it's a made-up thing. It's amazing. You were like a, my friend. He wrote seven, uh, seven, uh, you know, seven already installments on how you know Sinud is like uh, a made-up item of you know some paranoid uh, rabbis, and there's no source to it. And, uh, this is not the answer. This is not the answer. I don't, I don't know what he wants. I don't, I don't know what he wants. He's trying to undermine all the law. Hey, you see the Chachamim made a takana. He'll answer this Gemara also. No. 
he, he wants to say there's no source for ladies covering their hair, and there's no source for uh, modest clothing, and, uh, and, uh, and people in the community read this stuff, and that's why you have that's why you have a pushback. So we write, yeah, we write. Can't answer every every you know every dog that barks. You can't uh, answer. Yes, it takes time. Over. Okay, you missed it. You missed it. So the lady has to comb her hair before she goes to the mikveh. So the Gemara Shmuel is talking about the Doraita Well, she has to comb her hair for a few reasons. Number one, it can be there's a hatzitzah in her hair. So the Doraita alone that a lady cannot have a hatzitzah when she goes to the mikveh. Especially, let's say there's a knot or something like that. That's what the hasidim, their custom is. The ladies shave all their hair. Where did it come from? For this, for this Gemara. The reason why they shaved their hair, the ladies, is for mikveh. Because they didn't want the hair to become a hatzitza. Shigar. Ah, Shigar. Slow down. 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 This is huh? I mean, I, uh, I didn't say your wife has to shave a hair off. This is the hack of the Sadiqim. Sama Rebbe did it. The Klosenbergers did it. They, we're not saying that they're right, wrong, Stuyot, not Stuyot. This was the. This was the Basis, the Mihaga Basis. The Basis was the Rochesh, perhaps it's the Mikveh. I know, but didn't I, 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 I correct myself. <laughs> this, is, this is not, I take it back. This is not the McCord. It's based on this, however. It's based on this principle. That since the Gemara's why did the Gemara say comb the hair? It was based on the Hatzitza issue. So they took it a step, uh, a step further. Why? I, I, I thank God every day that I don't have to marry Azidam. I also agree with you that Baruch Hashem, uh, you know what I'm saying? But still, they have this Manhag and uh, good luck to them. Okay, Bishitei Isha, Ofefet Metovelet, Deoraiti Netanya, Menachazim Besaro Bamayim. That even in the item that's secondary to the basar, what's secondary to the basar? Remind you, that even the hair, which is Yadah the hair has to touch the water also. I would have thought no, because the pasuk is besaro. Hair is not basar. So maybe there's no deen that the hair has to at all touch the water at all. Maybe she go with a Bathing cap. Kamashbala, no. If the Sarok comes to teach me that even the Sa'ad of the lady needs to touch the uh, the water. So the Gemara comes along and says, so everything is a Takana of the Torah then. You know, it's not so fair to come along and say they cannot have Hajitza there. Amre, the Uraita, the Ayune, Dilma Miktam. The Uraita, she just has to check her hair, you know, with her hands, just to make sure that what? There's no knots. However, in a me, mausmide, mishum, hatsisa. Or maybe there's something mausana here, you know, some type of uh, dandruff. I mean, not dandruff, yeah, something dirty that went into her hair. 
However, the Atayu Vitikin Hafifa is not that about. And Zasofer was Mitakin combing the hair. It's a different kind of, nowhere does the judge have to comb your hair. I go like this in the mirror for a couple of seconds, feel it, and no problem. Let the bananit look at the hair and uh, see if everything's okay. No, and that is and that's deep today. And the says a lady cannot go to the mikveh until she makes habibah, uh, until she comes her hair. It's a big, a big halacha. And the character of the habibah is to be sabuk tabila. You know, if a lady made her preparations, let's say she's going to the mikveh Motzei Shabbat, so she has to make a happy fire at least on Motzei Shabbat. Even though she made a lot of preparations before Shabbat, before she goes, she has to have to comb her hair to make sure there's no hatzitzah. This goes into a, a lot of the other subjects uh, that we've discussed over here of the hashash of hatzitzot that the ladies have in uh, in mikveh. Maran writes that the lady has to cut her nails. She has to cut her nails before she goes to the mikveh. Why? Why should the nails be a hatita? The nails uh, are part of the body. So the shahanuk was concerned about dirt that might be uh, in the area that's extended over the flesh. There might be dirt underneath that spot over there. And that dirt is considered a hatita. Of course you can tell, okay, so we should make a new law. Just let the ladies uh, clean out the... Uh, well, Shohan didn't give that option. He said, for that reason, they should cut the nails. Okay, that was the Menachem Sferadim Dore Dorot. The modern generation, however, you know, long nails became uh, fashion. That's, that's the second question. But the first thing is long nails. Okay, so now I have long nails. Uh, although, although the girl in the times of the Torah, the Torah said that when you wanted to make the girl ugly, you make her grow nails long. Okay, but now today that became became uh, fine. Stars could change. I'm no problem with that. But they don't want to cut the nails before they go to the mikveh. They want the nails to be aruch. Uh, so now, what's going to happen over here is they're going to break the knife. So what happens? Uh, you have. Uh, Kulot, make sure that they clean them and all that. And here's where you get into the argument between mikvaot. You have some mikvaot that are traditionalists that they want to follow the minhag like it was in Syria, like it was in uh, the old country. And uh, they, like Shohan Aruch says, minhag sefera diot to cut their nails. And therefore, when a lady comes in, they say, you know, uh, please, this mikvah is a standard. And then that automatically will, you know, cause other people to say, "What? Oh, they're telling us what to do. We're not in communist Russia. Well, they can tell us what to do. We're going to open our own mikveh. And what's one of the selling points? And you can have long nails. Ah, see that? And they go there and mizazay with the other. It's a shame. It's a shame. Not that uh, the mikveh is not kosher. Of course, it's uh, the mikveh is kosher. What do we call the kosher baruch Hashem that we know of? But it's the changing of the standards. Clearly, Shohan Aruch said. That on Halakha writes that one should not have polish on the nails. Not that polish is a chatzitzah, but the polish is clearly not a chatzitzah. How do I know it's not a chatzitzah? She put it there. She put it there, and you ask the lady, do you want the polish there? Absolutely. Chatzitzah is only on something that she doesn't want there. But if she puts it there, of course it's not a chatzitzah. So what would be the problem with a lady going to the mikveh with the freshly uh, from the from the strict law? There should be no problem with it. It's not a hatitza. It's perfect. I'm a little worried. Maybe it's going to chip. And once it starts to chip, 
So then already her covenant has to remove it. She's not get around to it yet. Then already it's Hatita, because she doesn't want it there. She won't go to a wedding with this chip polish. She didn't get around to removing it. She goes, let me go to the mikveh. I'm going to get home. I'll, uh, I'll do it. That all mikvaot would agree that they're not going to let her in. Even the mikvaot that Alinia with nail polish will check it to make sure that it's fresh and smooth. But again, it's, that's, that was never the minhag. The minhag was not like that. I remember a case in, uh, again, but again, I have to be clear that if it's going to be a choice between a lady not going to the mikveh, of course we'll let her go to the mikveh with a freshly uh, lacquered, uh, painted nails, as opposed to Hasu Shomi Sukkaret. But don't think that it's, uh, it's, 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 it's the minhag, it's not the minhag. It was, was never like that. Why not? Uh, my idea was, but it wasn't uh, accepted the, the, for whatever reasons. I always said that there should be a manicurist in the mikveh. When the, you know, whose idea was that? <laughs> I told my wife to go in the house. Oh, see that? Minnesota. Okay, you saw it. It's my idea, buddy. Don't give your idea now. Don't give your idea now. You come in once and take my ideas now. I don't want to. I want the profit. I want the credit. Credit to you for that. I will talk. You'll speak to my lawyer later. What's going on? My idea, you take the credit. You're going to give me credit. I don't want the credit. Credit doesn't pay my mortgage. I need that for the profit. Lady comes out of the bed. Lady over there, make a pause. She comes home, uh, and they can't make her nails grow. I don't know how you can do that. But at least they can uh, do that. But uh, they don't want to turn the. Anyway, my point is that the Hatzitzot uh, uh, and the Mikveh are very significant. Uh, that's why it's a big, big problem. Uh, and that's why we don't make Tilachet for a lady to go and say, dip in the ocean. Because, let's say she goes dips in the ocean, but you need somebody to inspect her that she doesn't have a hatzitzah. Now, how do you know what's on the back and her back? Who's going to check her back? Who's going to check all it? So, it's a, it's a story. In the regular Kashin, we have Balaniyot. The Balaniyot is the lady that makes sure that the lady is... Uh, and guess what happens? In a lot of cases, when a lady goes to the Megver, you go down, the nature of the hair goes up. No. So if one hair is out, finish. I don't want to say. So if one hair is out, finish. So then we need the balanio to watch to make sure that every hair went in. So when she comes out, they say, Kasher! And it's Kasher. That, that was a good one. But if you don't have people that are supervising, so who knows? So in an ocean, you have a big problem with that. A lot of times they go, uh, we had a case where they, they, they had a, a trip on Pesach and they went to the Gulf of Mexico. The Gulf is rough sometimes. It's not a smooth water, it's like you're going into, uh, I don't know what, the lake. It's on the west coast of Florida. The waters are, you know, turbulent, not the uh, regular waters. So the ladies were going in, Pahad Pahadim. They were running in. Bend down and said, Where are you hitting over the water? It's dark. Nobody knows who, who, who went into what. So it's not so, it's not so pashut. Just to give hit ah, Go, go in the ocean. No, no problem. Wait till sunset and go. It has to be given the, uh, you know, the, the yeshuvah down. Anyway, that was the hair story. Yeshuvah ochlin. Ma'azim ba'ayarot. Arabotai. Here, they gave something back to the ladies. That uh, perfumeries and uh, salesmen of jewelry uh, should be uh, allowed to sell you know, all this stuff. Well, they're uh, the cosmetics. So guys like uh, you, never hit it. You go in and sell all your, all your stuff. Husbands are not too happy about it, but the ladies are. <laughs> 
כדי שלא יתגנו על בעליהם. אוקיי, מבי דאז מזה הפי. So they shouldn't look ugly to their, uh, to their husbands. Now, I love these gemariyot. Because here, the gemariyot, uh, he's eating garlic, she's putting on makeup. They have a perfect marriage. The, 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 this, is, this is a gemara that every year in Elam, at the end of the year, they make a video for the graduation. And uh, they always interview all the rabbis. There are not too many rabbis. But I'm always interviewed at the end of the year. And they're very you know, studious kids, those kids. You know, 12th graders, they're idealistic and all that. And, and they sit me down and say, Rabbi, is it okay? We can ask you three, four questions. And we're going to put it in the graduation. Uh, and we interviewed Rabbi Diamond already. We asked him these questions. And Rabbi Sema. And then we want to get you. And they're serious kids. And okay, uh, now that uh, we're graduating and uh, we're going to, you know, Bezat Hashem, hopefully get married. Could you give us, uh, could you give us, you know, advice, for, you know, for a good marriage? I was telling him, I said, wear a lot of makeup. <laughs> and they cut, stop, cut, cut, cut. I said, that's my answer. They're waiting for some philosophical, uh, you know, um, learn rabbans and be habuta with your husband and make a sandal with him. I think, get the best cookbook. Study the cookbook of Alpeh. Forget about all the Rambans you learned here. The Rambans you learned in Ilan not going to help your marriage. Take the deal cookbook, study it by Alpeh, write a perush on it, and that will do more for your marriage than uh, all the perkeavot that you studied in the yeshiva. With all due respect, go get the best uh, 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 brush you can find, get the best makeup kit, and then they think I'm joking. I said, that's it. I have nothing to say. I get up and walk out. Every year, Rabbi Hanan tells me, that's the best life. <laughs> that's the practical advice. Because sometimes you get so caught up in the, you know, in the Olamot, you forget, and here the Gemara is unbelievable, the Gemara says it Gemara says, we have to make a law they made a law when a rabbinical council ever passed a law like this Rabotai, laissez fair anybody can sell perfume in the marketplace there's no competition in, the, in, in cosmetics why? because all the ladies have access to, 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 to cosmetics, why? so they should look uh, calmly for their husbands. Uh, that doesn't sound like a, you know, a religious thing to say. Let me get my husband. It's a practical uh, lady. She looks nice for her husband. As if that's sacrilegious to say, oh, husband, shadow, man, this is not, it doesn't apply. Of course it applies. They didn't make a ticket out of the girl should learn every damn They made a ticket out of the girl should wear makeup. But it's very simple. Okay, that's uh, one man's opinion, but I see the Gemara. The Gemara is clearly, clearly practical. that's the purpose of the kid that he cannot learn Torah without uh, without uh, going to the mikveh. It's it's a hard one. It's a hard one. It's a hard one because it, 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 uh, the rabbis never vetted it. Came the rabbis later on. Yibaram Benachot says, and they uh, undid it because they felt it was too too hard of a takana. However. 
That's what Rambam says. Rambam writes. I told you that Rambam writes. Even Mizmanazir. That if a person could uh, try to mitahed himself at least with tishah kabin of uh, water before he studies Torah, at least he should uh, he should do that. Yeah, something like that. That's uh, stand on the stairs. What is it? Yeah, twelve and a half liters is the shiur they say. So figure it out in gallons. What's the point of the tiyat yadayim after that? After the shower, you know. It seems that each person gets off a different type of tuma. This takes off candy. This takes off tuma yadayim. I'm able to touch the parts of the body. Same for you. Still, other than that, tuma. Coming out of the mikveh, maybe she's taking the tiyat yadayim at the end. I don't know what you do. Yeah, I don't know what you do. That's one of the cases you need to yeah, that's that's it. What are we talking about? Guy is making up it up. No, we're talking about a guy doing his work. How about he becomes a barkeri? Not going to the movies. He's with his wife. No, he's doing his work. He's got to go. Okay. Okay. It's about morning, go to the mikveh. Okay. 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 And he said, so I don't, is it allowed? Yeah. I mean, of course, there's a hundred problems. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to break yeah. it. I think you get up in the morning and go in. Yeah. But he says, not only that, but he said, it would be a mitzvah to go. Yeah. He says, because yeah. of, at first of all, either Katie, the Kratazah. He said, even if not, he said, because there's a, the rabbi said, of Tosefet Shabbat, Friday, you get one neshama, you get the Kratazah. Oh, sure. Shabbat right. morning is the second, and then Mincha, you get the Shabbat. He said, you'll be able to make a billet, you should go into the thing and now the damage it's in this bottle see then the people think black cats don't have fun even if the filter is there for a minute, it'd be better. The problem is the heated pools on Shabbat. But assuming that it's not heated to the Shi'ud of heat, uh, I, I've seen many get uh, we in hotels together in uh, Ukraine or wherever we were. Uh, there wasn't, uh, actually, Romania, we went to the hotel. We were going to see the Pilyoets, actually. And we woke up in the morning, and there was a big rabbi, I think, was with us. And all of a sudden, he comes in the hall, he's wet, wet. He says, we're in Budapest, where were we? Where were we? In, uh, in Romania somewhere. He went to the pool, the hotel, hired, he jumped in the back, two in the morning, he jumped in. He said, it works. But you have to be careful because it doesn't work for ladies. It might work for, for men. Maybe they were right, uh, but... We don't tell the ladies clearly not to go into a pool. Okay, that, that is how uh, they say when you talk about mikveh on Shabbat morning. A lot of people go to the mikveh on Friday and watch Shabbat. Not mandatory, but it's a nice thing to do if you can do. They go Friday. So the Arizal says something to the effect that 
the reason why you go from from prior to the mikveh is because you're going from hall to kodesh. So you need to make a, a you know a separation in the mikveh. So he says the difference between hall and Friday night is the same difference between Friday night and Shabbat morning. That means it's, it's the connected Friday night is whole connected Shabbat morning. What Mark is saying, the Kiddushah obviously is on a much higher level. So therefore they go again. So they can go again and say, well, that's the sheep. But okay, you know, you can spend your whole day in the Megvah. The main thing is, if you can't go ahead of Shabbat, then you come to uh, the Megvah. The Valkyrie and the whole and the Shabbat? Yes. Well, before the holidays. Before the holidays. I have Adam the Tenet small, called the Maregim. But I, 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 I've told you many times, I've told you many times, and, and, and we believe in this. That's the, f- the fourth reason why the Torah is compared to water. Just like a mikveh can metahed a person, the Torah is able to metahed a person. You know? So you don't need a, a, a mikveh. If a person studies Torah, the Torah itself has the powers to purify a person. And we explain that from the Torah law, from Torah law, you need to have in a mikveh 40 se'ah. Now, without confusing you, uh, se'ah is a big measurement. But we like to break the se'ah down into smaller measurements. Uh, the se'ah has in it, each se'ah has 24 log. That's the shi'ud. Askelah gud. Gud mehet, you see that. There's 24 log in the se'ah. So that means 40 times 24, which is 960. So there's 960 log in a kosher mikveh. Now that's uh, tatkas. Tatkas, tat is 800, kas is 160. No, 960. Tatkas is the of a mikveh. Now, that is the wet, wet mikveh. But there's also a dry mikveh. Uh, the Torah, for example, was given in 40 days. Why was I given in 40 days? Because 40 days, and it says day and night. Moshe Rabbeinu stayed in the heart and that's 24 hours times 40 is 960 so the Torah actually is given with the same proportions as a wet mikveh so that's what it means the Torah is compared to water you have the dry mikveh of Torah which is the same it's the same 960 to show you that you can, when you're studying Torah you're actually emerging in a mikveh of 40 times 24 that's what the Torah is made with those uh, proportions similarly there's a mikveh of time Mikveh of time, our tradition says that we start going to Sidiqot and Ochfadish Elul, and then what does it say on Kippur? Why? Because that's the 40th day from Elul, and that's 40 times 24. So by the time you get to Ne'ilah, you're in the 960th hour, and then we say, So that's the Mikveh of time, the 40 days of. Uh, uh, that's why we explained once in Derasha that if you look in the uh, in the, the Hallelujah that we say every day, we say Hallelujah what does it mean betof umachol? When you praise God, you're dead betof. Betof is the tambourine. Betof umachol, you make a you know, dancing over there. Betof umachol. But the depth of it is, tof is tap pe. Tap pe is 480. 
Betof is two times four eight. And Lub Betof, Betof, that's what? 960. And then what? Umahod, you're forgiven. Umahod. And Lub Betof, Umahod. So then whenever you get that secret of Dov, Umahod, and that's why Nihilah is the critical moment. Because the Mikveh is not pure until you put the last. The last login, the last logim of that mikveh of time comes at shat So that it's at that moment over there where the finding the mikveh is is full. So that's when you when you're going in that that tikkun takes place at shat in, in in earnest. That's the main uh, the main zman. That's why neilah is an incredible moment. But again, so that's the mikveh of uh, of time. Uh, that's, for example, every human being is created with the same consistency. It takes 40 days for Yitzirat Tavalad. 40 days for Yitzirat Tavalad. It's 40 times 24. So every human is created. So that, that magical formula of 40 times 24, you're always going to see it in the Torah. In the creation of a human, in the creation of a Rigveh, in the creation of Torah, in the creation of Teshuvah. It has to repeat itself a lot of times. Um, that's the uh, the law of uh, of, uh, of of mikveh. Why do we say that? Oh, because the Gemara says over here that uh, a man should go to the mikveh. But if you can't go to the mikveh, just learn. Just learn. Just learn uh, Torah. Matnitin is Gemara three hundred nine hundred sixty. Matnitin. Learn Mishnah. Learn That's the best. Uh, that's the best uh, tikkun over there in the time. But again, in our generation, everything becomes topsy turvy. You have guys going to the mikveh. They miss man kiriat shema. They miss man amida. They miss the shiur. Where are they? They come out of the mikveh like a prune. Meanwhile, they they made all the averot. They miss all the zmanim over there. So that, that I agree with you, uh, Ilan. For that we can make a uh, maha. That. <laughs> that I agree with you because nobody's above this man over there. Shaul Aruch was not above this man. He said, "It's a mishnah. It's man kiriat shema shalosh shalot. Tefina adar ba shalot." So you come on, how can I make a tefillah? I'm, uh, I'm tamed. I gotta go to the mikveh now. I'm saying to the Gemara says in Mishnah says in the Shabbat that if a person's in the mikveh and he sees that the Zman of Kiryat Shema is passing, he should say the Kiryat Shema in the mikveh itself. Right? Yered, v'yit kaseh, v'ma'im, v'yikra. That's already a problem. We have to go. Joe. Asara devarim ne'imru birushalayim. Okay, ten things were said regarding Jerusalem. Okay, even over the, the walled city, the law says over here uh, that after one year, the uh, seller cannot uh, get it back. Normally, the law says if you sell a, 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 a house in a walled city, the uh, seller has a right to buy it back within the first year. After the first year, the sale is final. However, in Jerusalem, they did not pass that uh, law over there, uh, which means, the seller or the buyer can always, uh, seller, I mean, can always come back and uh, get it back even after a year. Okay, if there was a dead body found next to Jerusalem, there's no Eglarufa brought to do that ceremony. The majority of the inhabitants of Jerusalem worship Abu Dazara. We don't burn the city. If it was the Gaim on the houses of Jerusalem, they don't become Tamir. 
These are like uh, uh, little protrusions that come out of the walls. These are like, uh, I guess, beams that are protruding from the uh, roof over here, like uh, porches. The end, uh, so you, you, you don't put these uh, protrusions on the, uh, on the homes. They used to put these protrusions because they didn't want the people, to, when they're walking, to lean against the houses. So we put these protrusions on the houses so when the horses go down the street they have to go a little away from it so it doesn't rub against the house. It's like these blocks they put in the street over there. But in Yerushalayim it says and they don't put they don't put terraces off the uh, you know, off the, off the, off the porches off the, off, the, off, the, off the floors, off the house off the uh, second floors. You don't make a garbage dump in Yerushalayim they don't make uh, pottery uh, makers there because they use uh, uh, fire, and the fire causes smoke, and it's going to cause the walls of Jerusalem to get uh, black. Then Osimba Ginot Ginot Veradim. They don't make uh, gardens in Jerusalem and uh, orchards, except for Ginat Veradim. That became the name of a famous serpent. Ginot Veradim is, uh, I guess, spices that they need for the Ketoret. Shayu Mimot Nebiimarishonim. Okay, that, those those were there from the early times. No chickens in Yerushalayim. Okay. Raised chickens. Which applies to today. In Jerusalem, they don't let the mat sleep overnight. That means they bury same day. There's no such thing as waiting till, and then Manhattan still applies. Uh, it's one of the only cities in the world that has that tradition, in Yerushalayim at least. It's amazing takana. Uh, as opposed to in America, if somebody dies on uh, Tuesday afternoon, no, funeral tomorrow, they wait till Wednesday. There, if a guy dies at 11 o'clock at night, boom, the cemetery is open. They bury him and finish. Here they can't because the union closes the cemetery at 4 o'clock. So you limit it to, to times. Except on El Shabbat. El Shabbat, correct. No, that's Asur. Okay, one at a time. Which means the law said that uh, the reason why after a year or well, within a year you can take the house back because they want the tribe to get back his ancestral property but if you hold that Yerushalayim wasn't divided to the tribe that Jerusalem is considered uh, you know universal belongs to everybody so therefore the law of is not going to apply what's the law to get it back what's to get it back for it doesn't belong to you more than it belongs to, to anybody else so that's the, the seven of that same point when it says if you find a dead body in one of the cities that were inherited or divided by the tribes you hold that Jerusalem is considered universal and it wasn't divided by the tribes so is not going to apply as well the same thing it says if in one of your cities Became in the Dahan. Cities means it's you know belongs to one of the to, to somebody, a tribe. By shaking Yerushalayim doesn't belong to the tribes, so therefore doesn't apply. The Ena mitama benegaim benegaim. Excuse me. Tichtim benatatim negasalam bebet eres achuzatchem. Same point. Achuzatchem Yerushalayim talkal shevatim. Yerushalayim is not divided to the shevatim. That's why achuzatchem the laws of the game don't apply. 
ואין מוצאים בה דזיזין וגזוסלאות בפני אוהל הטומאה ושום דלא לצקו עולה רגלים In, in Yusada we're always worried about making extra overhangs because of the deen of Ohel because you have Kohanim over there and you don't want the Kohanim not if there's a piece of sherit uh, underneath it or a corpse I should say and there's oil on top it brings Tum'ah so they don't, all these protrusions that are coming out are going to cause Ohel second reason is there was a lot of traffic in Yerushalayim and the Ohel Yadim when they're going to walk they're going to get hit from these uh, planks that are sticking out of the roofs and from these Gizus Laot that are on the Zizim so it was a protection for the service for the people they don't want to cause uh, rodents to come into Jerusalem so there's no garbage dumps now what's the problem with the rodents over there because the rodents are Tamer and when the rodents die they can be with Tamer the Kedashim in Yerushalayim then Osimba Kibshonot Bishum Kutra because of the smoke they don't want the uh, walls of Jerusalem to get smoky black it's not nice then Osimba Genoto Pardesim Mishum Sincha so I guess a lot of weeds that grow in the uh, in, these, in these gardens and have a bad smell and they have to fertilize so when they fertilize the gardens it smells so therefore they don't want to put any gardens in Jerusalem unless the necessary necessary ones for the ketoret because of the smell that it's going to cause and for the uh, for the weeds why? because the tannegolim they peck in the garbage dumps and they take shiratim and they transfer the shiratim all over the that's a tradition. That was the old tradition of Yerushalayim. Gemara means that's a tradition. You don't raise Hazirim in Eris Israel. Not only in Jerusalem, anywhere. When the two brothers were Karus and Rostoblos, they both came from Bet uh, Hashmonai. There were two brothers, they were both vying for the, for the kingdom. Who's going to be the king now of, you know, of the Jewish people? So, Orkanos was inside the walls of Jerusalem, and Aristobulus's brother was outside the walls of Yerushalayim. And uh, with Aristobulus was the Romans. And the Romans were trying to breach the wall to get into the Beit HaMikdash. So they made a, uh, a siege around Jerusalem. Ubchol yom ayu meshalchelim lahem bekupad dinarim uvayu ma'alim lahem timidim. Which means every day the people of Urkanus would send down a bucket of money in order to pay for the korbanot. And then the other side they would send up two sheep in order to take a big korban tamichel shachar and tamichel bedad. Because there was a siege on the city, they couldn't get animals. So they had to send money over the wall. And then uh, the other side, the Romans, they got bribed. So the money, they'll take. Obviously, they weren't paying market price, they were paying a lot of money for these two sheep. And they would send up the sheep. But they didn't realize that as long as they bring in the sheep, the better will never be destroyed. So what happened? Hayushamat Yevanit was an old man over there, wise guy. He understood the Greek language which the Romans spoke at the time. He also obviously was influenced by the, 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 the philosophy. As long as they're gonna still do the Abodah, you'll never conquer the Beta Bagdash. So you you you're hurting yourself.
himself. He was Jewish. He was Jewish. He was Jewish, but he was like a Mosaic. He gave them the secret. He says, "Don't you going to give them the uh, for a couple of bucks? You're giving them the tamid. You're trying to destroy the wall." The machash and shelu dinarim bekupa. The next day, they sent out the money in the kupa. They aluda him hazir. They sent back a pig instead. As if to say, that's it. No more. Once already, the pig got to half the wall. Naat sipona bahoma. You know, the pig puts his nails and he held on to the wall. There is nausea. There was a uh, earthquake. The whole Eris Israel had the tremors. Because it was a tremendous Halul Hashem over here. Sending a pig up to the Bet Amignash. Uh-huh. Two things. Number one, Hazirim abandoned it. That was the, the beginning of the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. And number two, cursed is the guy that sends his kid to, uh, to go learn Hakmai Yavanit. Why? Because this guy over here, he learned the, the, the speech of the Greeks where? And, uh, of course, if he didn't have a language with them, he wouldn't be able to converse with them. But he was a sophisticated guy, became secularized. He studied Ochmai Yivani, and therefore was able to talk to them. And look what happened. There was a guy who became secularized, and he ended up destroying the Metamagnash. Last point about time. ועל אותה שעה שענינו במסכת מלאכות מעשה שבה עומד מגינות הצליפין they brought the Omer that year from a very far place called Ginot Tzenafim and Shtei Alechem which is the wheat that they bring for Shavuot Bibbekaat and Sokim which is very far from Yerushalayim because that year they couldn't bring from the fields close to Yerushalayim like every year because there was a there was a they were surrounded so that year they had to go from uh, far places ok tomorrow we continue Baruch Hashem Amen we finish with that